on dispensers of Pez, go hang out at the cons, renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts, you might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch, turn to the letter F in your dictionary, and add this word to your vocabulary, take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy, damn it Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here's your host, a man who's huge in Japan, Derek McCall. Am I? That I think it's an air pressure thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and host of the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Is Wednesday, August sixth, as we record this at Elusive Comics and Games, two seven two five El Camino Real, Suite one o four. Stop by in Santa Clara, by the way, and stop by and tell uh, store employee Tim Watson he still owes me money. Okay, so with me, of course, is my announcer, Mr. Lon Lopez. Hello, everyone, and thankfully I'm not as sick as Derek is right now. No, that's so. true. I am. I have a lovely summer. Oh, he's cold. not feeling well. I'm not feeling well. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, and of course, that sound engineer, moral compass, and the smartest man in the room. Mr. Rick Brett Schneider. Oh my God, that's a terrible responsibility to put on one man. Would you look at who's here in the store? You're the smartest man in the well, room. Well, you did bring the facts. <laughs> no, don't feel so good. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a special guest tonight. Not often. The happening. prettiest and man the in prettiest the room. The prettiest man in the room. Ooh, I got a shiver and a quiver. Oh, um, and uh, this, I think the first time appearing uh, in person on the podcast, I believe we did do a phone call. With him once. He uh, might have been on a Comic-Con podcast last year, maybe. No, may, no, no, I think oh, yes, I maybe. Okay. So our Asian our Asian <laughs> bureau chief and <laughs> an actual part of Star Wars canon, he appears regularly in Legacy, uh, is uh, Mr. Michal Saman. Hello, everybody. Oh, that's, that's nice. Here he is to kind of uh, drag us into the Star Wars world and as much as possible. And he's in the service, too, isn't he? He is. Yes. Can you I talk am. about that? Which service are we talking about? The five, oh, the five hundred first. The five hundred first. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I am in the five hundred first. That other okay. service, that no, one, that one in Soapland, we can't talk about. Not, no, not okay. a good idea. No, unfortunately. No. How is the five hundred first doing? What these is days? the five hundred first for the people who are sitting at home going? What is the five hundred first? Uh, the five hundred first is a fan club. Basically, they're a costuming club. That, oh my god! What? Nothing. That, we're we're a costuming fan club. That um, <laughs> we do. It is the apocalypse. I'm sorry, Mario Anima. I just wrote him off as dead. Mario Anima, one of the founders of the podcast, just walked in for the first time in. How long has it been? What is going on tonight? <laughs> oh my God! It means we're going to die tonight. <laughs> have, I, have I ever well, met Mario? I don't think you. I, I don't think you've ever met Mario. This is wow. just frightening. Uh, Let's wow. get you in right here. We'll, we'll find a place for you. Holy cats! This is a big surprise. This, absolutely. Someone should have planned this so they could take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll do that later. You know, you actually, Rick, uh, Rick deserves credit for it to some extent. I, I tried to tweet this to you this morning, but my phone failed sending the Twitter off, and so... I thought you got it, and then on my way home, I realized that it never actually got sent, and I'm like, oh, wow, so he doesn't even know that I'm coming. 
Wow, there you go. So here we go. Well, I've been, we've been talking back and forth about getting you back on. Yeah, yeah. This is a warm and strange welcome from Mario. However, we did interrupt Michal and his explanation of we'll the five oh first. That, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll just no. It's this, a, this is, this is live. This is this is like a total old Carson Tonight Show when like Bob Hope walks on. That's right. You, you are Bob Hope. What, what special like are you Reynolds. plugging? Yeah, Burt Reynolds shows up. Uh, I'm doing a road show. You're doing actually. a road. You're doing a USO tour, right? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So, wow. Michelle, tell us. Finish telling us about the five hundred first. For those oh. who don't know. Okay. So basically, it's a it's a costuming club that uh, it's Lucasfilm's preferred costuming club for anything imperial uh, to do with Star Wars. And, uh, yes. Yeah, I was gonna say you have to eat the margarine. Yeah. You have to eat the margarine. With, uh, have to do that anyway. Um, yeah, we do a lot of uh, charity events, and we we do a lot of charity events and a lot of um, volunteer work for um, children's hospital. Now, by like volunteer stuff, do you mean like you go around and, like shoot Jawas and stuff? Like what? Do, what do you? <laughs> oh, we'd love to do that. Oh, okay. I mean for free, but oh, okay. no. Um, we mean basically, you know, just dress up in costume. Um, Canon costumes, stormtroopers, Darth Vader, biker scouts, Imperial officers. I've seen a Count Dooku out of the Sacramento 501st. Yeah, we have a lot of Count Dooku's. We have a lot of Darth Darth Maul. (laughs) Yeah, he's a Dooku. And you want to go to like uh, children's like things or events and scare the crap out of them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, A lot of the things, like for instance, uh, at San Diego Comic Con, we did a children's hospital uh, visit where a lot of people uh, from the group got dressed up and actually went to a hospital to visit the children over there and do really cool stuff like that. I mean, that's, I mean, I'd like to say that's uh, why I do it. But you'd like is. to, but really, because it's but the power it, it, thing. It's, 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 it's the whole dressing up like <laughs> it's the suit. suit. It's, it's the, the suit. suit. Oh my god, you can't. Chicks move. dig the suit. Oh, chicks dig armor. No, that's it's true. We got T-shirts, man, that say chicks dig, dig armor. armor. Oh, oh my gosh, gosh. yes. So basically, that's the five hundred first. For more information, you can always go to the five hundred first dot com. We got chapters everywhere, including Saudi Arabia. That's not really a chapter. That's more like an appendix, isn't it? It's just you. It, well, yeah. <laughs> chapters all don't, over. Don't do that. It's a I have to. <laughs> you know, I keep trying to get away, but they pull me back. Right. Yeah. So now, do you have an opinion as a member of the 501st? One of, we've reported off and on about the film Fanboys, which is about the uh, cancer uh, patient who is uh, with his friends taking a road trip to break in and see, steal a copy of Phantom Menace before its release date. Uh, you know, It's set historically. And the 501st donated their time as extras. And uh, the Weinstein Company. I'm just explaining this all to you for the very first time, aren't I? You I see are. It. I look at that. Fanboys. You know, I wish I saw that movie. Well, then we could say that actually that the, they did uh, they did win that uh, at Comic Con they screened the the they version screened the, the version one? of it with the cancer subplot Sweet. or with the cancer plot. That was the controversy is that they had edited out all the references to c- cancer and just made it a road movie. And the 501st got really angry because it's Katie, right? Was yeah, the, Katie founder's, Johnson? the fa- yeah. founder's daughter who passed yeah. away from cancer at like age yeah. eight, nine? She was a little. She was young. not very old. I think she was. I think she was seven or eight. She was yeah. around that age. And that's why the 501st was started to do uh, fundraising for cancer research. 
And uh, so it was uh, founded, yeah, ten years ago, just before it, it was founded a while ago. Yeah, well, Al, by old Katie, Johnson, Katie yeah. passed away a couple of years yeah. ago. It's been some time. So uh, they did get that back. So that that's is great. the version that will be released theatrically. If that's awesome. It is released. Yeah, I was going to say, when is it going to be released? But look, I, I'm not a miracle worker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pleased. Oh, that, okay. You know, I do remember. And I have nothing to do with it, but I do remember reading that story. And the, funny, the funniest thing is when I read about that story. Did I you was read like, about it on oh. Fanboy Planet? Because Michael Goodson didn't. No, I I did actually read <laughs> something that you wrote about it, but I. Oh, I, thank you. Yes, but I I do visit the site. <laughs> but when I did read the story, I'm like, oh, I've got to talk to Michal about that because you know the the Bible first and everything, and then. Forgot. You didn't even know about it, and then the phone. <laughs> no, you, you see, then I would pay attention to those threads. Right, right. Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now you should. You know, now you should. There's a film meant for us. So let's go to to comics. Uh, we've got uh, a review directly out from uh, Rick Brechtschneider of a graphic novel from Image. We don't pay enough attention to Image, really, and it's kind of a non superhero title. Yeah. No, it's definitely a non superhero title. That's written by a guy who did just do what you said, Cyborg for DC and Grounded, which was actually a pretty interesting right, pseudo superhero thing. I read it. And uh, probably also interesting is the fact that the art uh, so that's Mark Sable, not to be confused Mark Sable as you did before with Mark, Mark Sable, Sable Freelance from Mike Grell. Uh, that's John Sable Freelance. I knew what I was doing. I know. Um, <laughs> so, and then the artist is uh, Robbie Rodriguez. Relative? Um, not to me. Okay. No. Uh, Robbie Rodriguez, uh, part myth, part monkey, all mystery. Um, I'm reading from the back of the book. How much right? But anyway, this Define for our listeners, trite. Trite. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, and he was the artist on uh, Tech Jansen. Yes, the I think, Stephen uh, Colbert book. I think he was the artist on the first issue, and then he was one of the reasons why the second one took so long. Took so long, as they said, is that a they year had to find later. A replacement. Yeah, one they, year later, they blamed Robbie Rodriguez and the writers' strike in Hollywood. So this is I a, didn't buy it. This is I mean, a modern uh, Cinderella story. How often do you hear that? Uh, but let me describe the cover for our listeners. Oh, can we even it say the name of it? Go for it's, it. it's called Hazed. Okay. And the cover is a, a girl, uh, a, a girl's midsection and below. Legs. Uh, They're legs. called legs. I know, but I'm just trying to give the whole, the whole thing. There are a very, very short knees. skirt, uh, heels, and she's carrying a paddle with, with little blood Greek, dripping off Greek it. letters on yes, it. Yes. So, well, that's which the would be part, a hazing paddle. Yes, but it's got blood dripping off of it. Yeah. Is that what this is about? A little I don't bit. know. I just thought what I what I'm just saying is a is very Is it blood uh, dripping it's, or it's could it be any other color. liquid? I would like to push this as Heathers for the 21st uh, 21st Whoa. century. Well, you have just gotten us our first pull quote, Mr. Very good. And uh that's actually they say hey, it's just a comics what Heathers and Oh girls. damn it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How trite. I just said I would like to say it too. Um <laughs> No, it struck. Do you have an original thought, man? There are a lot of comparisons. There are a lot of comparisons in here. This is a great, a great uh, novel. It's it's uh, easy to pass this off as a chick read, but uh, it's got a lot of uh, good writing in it, and the art is stylized and may pretty I, cool. May I ask a question? Yes, there's sex in it. What do you think the intent? That really wasn't my question. Oh, sorry. Uh, but now I will go back and read my copy. But um, what's the intended? Audience, do you think? You I think the audience passed is, off as a chick read. I think the audience is teen and adult. Okay, so does teen it, and young adult. How does it compare if you have read any of the Minx line from DC? Uh, much more adult. Much more than adult. Minx. Yeah, there's hmm. there's active uh, rompery going on here. There's active rompery in a, in a couple of Minx. Books there's too. actually female on male rape 
at one point. Female on male. Wow. Yes. Bum me out, man. Yeah. I'm sure you're trying to find that page right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. Wow. As Lon the book. Well, you know what? I, I thought Hazed was a dark comedy about three young girls. <laughs> Would you stop reading the back? Th- oh, sorry. <laughs> it's here's, a, here's the replay on Lon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. uh, a lot of good characterization, a lot of uh, character development in this, and uh, an interesting look at a f- kind of fantasized version of the uh, Greek community in colleges ends ends in a kind of explosive <laughs> destruction. Uh, it's, is it's it a, funny though? Is it it's comedy? very funny? Okay. It's very funny. Blackly comic, very you'd say. black comic. It's the, the art's the, the very. He- in this, if you enjoyed Heather's, this is a no brainer. Get well, this then book. I absolutely have to read it tonight. Yeah. Um, art's cute and fun, and looks now, now, like it reads well. That Rick did have a comment about that. Now we had a PDF image sent as a PDF to yeah. look at to read it ahead of time. And you, your opinion on the representation, yeah, the I, reproduction, I guess, is what you say of the art. I, this is a copy that showed up in the store today. I'm assuming it's one for sale because it was behind the counter. If it's a, I might accept the printing. The printing is a little gray, a little smudgy looking. And I might accept that if it's like a review copy, an early copy. But given we got our the PDFs like last year. Uh, at least this? three or four months ago. Yeah. At least three or four months um, ago. Oddly enough, I uploaded the PDF to my Kindle and read it on I remember the you showing me that, yeah. And, and it read just fine. That renders it down to four shades of gray, and it read pretty good that way. Uh, but I went back and reread it on my Mac, and now, I don't think the the representation in this printing does the art justice. Now, Michal, as Asian Bureau Chief, you made a comment as well. You're up to your neck in manga in yeah. Japan all the time, and, and you think this reproduction is... It looks very manga-esque. Of course. Yeah, I think it, it looks definitely looks very manga-esque, but... All the panels are drawn like American comic books. Yeah, it's so. a little. I think it's so grayer. I'm reading. Yeah, it's like, like newspaper. Well, yeah. let's see kind of kind of your price like, point is on this. Uh, Fifteen bucks. Yeah. Wow. Um, no, and it no. is kind of paperback. Yeah, Ish. a little it's bigger. Not gonna, it's not going to spoil the read. No, no. Uh, I mean, it's nice for us to kind of focus on a book that's not the superheroes before we go right to it. Yeah. Um, the paper is very. I don't know. It's no, a, it's it's a, it's, it's a little old style. Yeah. Mish has a, a very good point. Although I'm, there are a lot of there's a lot of manga that's printed that looks better than this, and yeah. it may just be the way they screened it, or it looks like it was sp- done supposedly as an American comic book and then printed in a very manga type of way. Possibly, yeah, yeah, I can buy that. Yeah. I mean that's just well, so, we still so say, blame the publisher. Uh, sh- sh- oh. Well, we still you know we we like this first time it's done anything for us. So uh, we'd say pick up Hayes, check out yeah. Hayes. I recommend it. We do have it here at Elusive Comics Games. We do by the grace of Elusive that allows us to sit here. Uh, they have have copies in stock. Go to your local shop. I'm going to pick it up right now. Are you? No. No. I, I he don't. just lifted it off the table. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, a revival from Marvel this week of kind of uh, along, I think, similar lines. Uh, they're kind of the stepchild of the of the X line. NYX? Or do you get to say Nix? Do you know? I don't know. It's NYX. I think it's just NYX. New York X. Which uh, Joe Casada had been the writer of the first time around with Josh Middleton doing the doing the wasn't that one of the didn't that stall into like oblivion at some point? It because did. Middleton ended up. Leading, it did right? stall into oblivion, and it was kind of it was the it was the people that Professor X had forgotten about. Mm-hmm. But also, wasn't it one of the first books where X twenty three? It was the debuted? first book where X twenty three appeared, right. and it was so, around X twenty three showing up in the book. I think around issue four or five when things started to derail a little bit, and they shifted. Focus, but yes, Michelle, 
No, it just a whimper of fear came out of him. He's learning. Everything's a spoiler to me, remember? <laughs> X23 is Wolverine's cloned little sister. Yeah, see, look at that. I just blew Michelle's mind. Is it, did we have this debate? Is it sister or daughter? Well, she's a clone. And she's she clone her. They t- uh, he, guess, yeah. He's treating her as like a little sister. Oh, okay. Not as uh, what is it with Wolverine and young girls? <laughs> You're not the first to to yes. say that. Really? What is it's the that? Shadow Cat thing. Yeah. Sh- uh, Jubilee. 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 And then I guess on the free comic book day they had another. Well, one. Well, he's got a new girl, Armor. Like yeah, in, that's uh, right. Armor. Yeah. In the, well, yeah. and they even had that Power Pack crossover too, where Katie from Power Pack was teamed You're up right. with, yeah. with Wolverine as well. A this couple is of starting times. to get a little disturbing when you. No, point I think out it's the, the juxtaposition. I think it's kind of like be, Batman and Robin. More alternate kind of to Wolverine gruff, yeah. is like a little girl. It's, gruff, yeah, it's, it's, it's the Chico and the Man effect. Yeah, but does he actually exactly. have Exactly. I think, I think <laughs> uh, no, 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 Harvard part sort of, yeah, coined oh, that or, or what's the, uh, description. What's the, uh, what was that one from the 80s or 90s, the little girl that was really obnoxious to live with Punky the old Brewster. Punky Brewster. Punky Brewster. It's the Punky Brewster effect. But but does he actually have any relations with these girls? No. No, no, so. it's, no, it's no, 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 no. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> no. Oh, no. All right. No, okay. Just brother, okay, back off, man. Okay, <laughs> maybe brother and father mean something different. In Japan, but <laughs> yeah, oh, but then just Rogue, like fanboy means something different. But yes, then X Men oh. and Rogue in the movies too. It's always yeah. like he's yeah, the mentor. Yeah. 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 Well, Rogue was sort of a shadow cat transplant. Well, yeah, she was a little, yeah. The point, yeah. however, is X twenty three is not in this new NYX. Interesting. Uh, it is the other well because she's been folded into yeah. the main continuity because they didn't know they're going to revive it, and now a lot of things have changed since the last one. Now you're down to the one ninety eight. It's a full it's house. Hiding, I saw him. <laughs> He's a chameleon. Now you're down he blended to the right idea. in with that ultra pro harp hobby. Lately, he can't this, do. He can't do plaid. This podcast should be called Fanboys United. Oh, my <laughs> goodness, is this good, So, so it's back, and it's being written by uh, a New York Times bestselling uh, novelist, Marjorie Liu. Are you familiar with her? No, work not at really. All? Not neither am I. I just her picture caught my eye at the comic book resources site. Why? Because she she's cute. She's fetching. Mm. She is fetching, uh, <laughs> and she writes a lot of. Uh, it looks to me like kind of along the lines of Anita Blake, sort of the softcore vampire porn books that are becoming very, very popular. Yeah. It should be its own category. The New York Times best romantic. Uh, paranormal erotic it's, horror. No, it's paranormal romance. Is paranormal romance. It has its own. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, so I gave it a read, and I, I think it's not meant for me. I mean, it's huh. definitely to appeal. I think you're like hazed. This may be the theme. This is the podcast for teen girls. You want to know what to read? We're going to tell you now. NYX would probably. <laughs> a bunch of old men are going to tell you teen girls what <laughs> teen to girls, read. Teen girls, you read. I think NYX is meant for them. It's not meant for me, and that's okay. Uh, so. I'm going to go with it. You, you're going to go with yeah. it? How about it's on uh, my pull list? How about uh, Tori Amos's comic book tattoo? Huh? Whoa! Mo- most teen girls will not be able to lift that thing. <laughs> no, this thing is amazing. <laughs> teen bodybuilders. Hey, pick this up. Pick this, this up. Tori Amos's, Amos's comic book tattoo. You're is talking co- the Tori Amos. We're talking. Yes. Is there another Tori Amos? I don't know. It's you Tori with a Y. She who was influenced by uh, by Neil, Neil Gaiman, Gaiman. Yeah. turned back around, and now people have been inspired by her work to do this huge. 
huge volume. Would you say thirty? So bucks? it's lyrics and art by various artists. I'm going with that thing is fourteen inspired by Inspired by her songs, it's just it's huge. This and an amazing. inch and a half. You could thick. actually stop floods with a shipment of con- of. It's Tori basically Amos's a phone book. book. You it's, could ch- you could kill no, a phone book. I could lift. Yes, yeah, this no, is no, bigger no. than you a could phone kill book. a child's well, hopes and dreams with that book yeah. just by dropping them on him. <laughs> And, and yet, they're not dropping. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. oh my God. That's, that's heavy. Wow. That was and you know, and you know what, we, what we can't do to say about this book? Anything about the content because we haven't read it. We've just been marveling at how heavy it's, it, it is. It seriously is a tome. It is a, a tome. tome. Thank you. That is it. Yeah. That is a tome. There's, I, I flipped through it. I, I went back and forth on whether to buy it two weeks ago when it showed up in the shop. And uh, I, the art is splendid. It's all very short bits. Um, it looked uh, there doesn't seem to be any continuity to it. No, um, I, I think it's just it's an food. anthology inspired by her work. Yeah. Yeah, but it, she didn't write any of it. Or? <coughs> well, she wrote the original songs. Her lyrics. Oh. Yeah. Are, yeah. But it, you know, it's interesting because it looks like, uh, from the art perspective, just glancing at what's being flipped through here, it, it looks like there's a little bit of something for everyone. I mean, like every style seems to be covered. It's kind if of you're a teen girl, Tori Amos's comic book there tattoo. Yeah. yeah. Let's get back to things we want to talk about. I think you about. just named the podcast. <laughs> if, you're if, you're a a teen girl, if you're a teen girl. We should oh my have gosh. a If You're a Teen Girl <gasps> segment. A segment? <laughs> Every well, week. We'll you know, see how this one goes. I say this is this is the joke about our podcast. We always introduce new segments and never, never go back, back to them again. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. So so we're launching a new segment, If You're a Teen Girl. There we go. There okay. So now if, if you're a longtime <laughs> fanboy... Uh, I want to say that uh, either this week or next week, the Starman Omnibus is coming out, uh, a high-quality reproduction of uh, James Robinson's, James Robinson and Tony Harris's Starman series. You look at me like like I'm going to validate, and you know I avoided I, you, this entirely. You when did? It was out. Why did, did you avoid this? I was waiting for the trade. And the trades came out, and no, you didn't I was waiting for them. the Omnibus. You, were, you didn't even know the Omnibus was going to be I was there. waiting for the Absolute. No, you weren't. <laughs> what? What is your fear of Starman? Tell me. When I was a very no, uh, none. He was star touched man by a starman. <laughs> starman killed my dad. Oh, that was clowns. I got nowhere to go with this. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, because it seems okay. Like, wait, break you know, it down for somebody who doesn't know. I remember when the books first hit the shelves, and it was a huge, huge hit. Like, and to the, the point that ABC had actually commissioned a Starman pilot. Didn't they, were, they have a show called Starman with Robert? But that Hayes? was a different. Uh, that was a spin, a, a continuation of a John Carpenter film. Yeah. Oh, okay. Different, Anyways, just different just plot. in a couple sentences. I don't need a whole long description. But what made Starman the comic when it first came out? What made it so awesome? Because I still hear people talking about it to this day. It was an exploration of the DC universe from a kid, from a young man's perspective, who had inherited. Right. The powers of Starman didn't really want them, and it was his growth as. So it's kind of like the grunge alternative superhero at the time. But probably. he wasn't really all that. Gr- I mean, yeah, he had the little soul patch thing, going and he had on. the goggles. He had and goggles because he was an and antique the leather stealer. jacket. He was an antique stealer, so he just like he put it, cobbled his costume together from things that he had, and uh, and his brother was supposed to be the heir to Starman, and his brother got killed in the first issue. So he, you know, it, it was just intriguing, and he did end up going through like all the history of the DC universe, and uh, he got sent out in the space. So it's just a good, time. good story. It's or? a great, great story, and it has what I think, is, and it's never been duplicated. I mean, I, 
I should say never uh, – because Sandman did the same thing. I mean basically that this story has an ending and you're not going to see Jack Knight, that guy, as Starman again. At the end of his series, he passed. Oh, great! Blow no, no, it no, for because us. you know, no, if you read JSA, you know that <laughs> he passed on. He passed on his weapon oh, to oh, Courtney oh, Whitmire, okay. the Star Spangled Girl. You kept saying he passed on. No, no, no. He passed no, on. No, 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 oh, no. great! He dies at the no, end. Great. He, he, uh, Have would you, you read let me JSA explain? Man. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, Law doesn't actually read comics. He flips through when we tell him there's teen porn. Uh, uh, can so, I see that Tori Amos thing? No. Anyway, so. Yeah, he passed on to Stargirl, and she's carried on. But it, but it was a very unique and very personal book and, and full of surprises and just uh, great ways of looking at so father-son the, dynamics and so what the it means omnibus, to be a hero. So the Omnibus, have you checked it out yet? It's or? the first, I think, 15 issues. They're not doing the full-on absolute treatment. Uh, Dan that's, Didier, that's what Rick's waiting for. Yeah, Dan DiDio's no, no, no. not a big fan of the absolutes. I don't think you're going to be seeing a lot more absolutes. Uh, because he thinks that they're um, stealing money from you. Okay, I'll, I'll confess. The real embarrassing thing about this Tell me. was when it came out, I was pissed off that they'd ripped off David Bowie. And when I found out that was wrong, <laughs> I was too embarrassed to go back and buy the old issue. So. Uh, for the one person that got that reference. You bought that? Really? <laughs> <laughs> you've, been call- you've been mulling that idea together for the last two, three minutes? Going, yes, I have. Okay, I'll make a star minute. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because I can remember seeing the John Carpenter movie and thinking, "Hey, wait, there's already a Star Man. It's right. not he yeah. doesn't have it. He's know. waiting. It's yeah. So um, anyway, it was it was one of the first books to also get the idea of legacy in the DC universe, dealing which then Mark Wade picked up with Flash, and you know, so it's it's really quality. And uh, this happened before Crisis on Infinite Earths. It happened after Crisis on on Infinite Earths. I mean, didn't Flash, it happen after Flash, Zero Hour? It was, it, it was the first issue was Starman Zero. It was part. It was out of Zero Hour. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say the Flash thing happened. Well, but the you know, but Mark Wade picked up a lot of things that James Robinson was that hmm. was talking about and really delved deeper. You knew there were all, there were several flashes, but it hadn't really become a core theme of the book. There was Barry Allen to Wally West. But not to the depth. But not to the depth that, that Starman takes it and hmm. took it. Interesting. All so. right. Looking forward to it. I will buy it and I will read. It. You should. And All then right. you can put on David Bowie album as you as you read it if you yeah, want. Read it with That's Bowie playing. For me to know. And I do want to say in just a uh, uh, a little bit of once again cheap shilling for a friend who is who is also called in on the podcast once. Keith Champagne got a pretty high profile gig announced at Comic Con, which is that he's relaunching Ghostbusters. Ooh, really? Yes. From IDW. Hmm. I'm not going to do all the obvious things. I'll let... No, didn't the Ghostbusters panel get canceled? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to, but you want you want Lon to do it. I understand. I, uh, no, I don't know what he's talking. about. I don't know. If the, I don't know. I, I didn't get out to any panel, so I don't oh, know if there was a Ghostbusters panel or not. But I know Keith wasn't at Comic Con, <coughs> but it was announced there that there that IDW had there was some company in Canada had. Had the rights to do it, and I don't Wait, think an issue you, came if out. But if you wanted to find out about that, who were you going to call? <laughs> there, I did it yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, okay, okay. Oh. I feel so much better. How it's, about we we turn to something Lon can talk about without uh, sure without Great. making a bad pun? Let's talk, let's turn to movies this week because a movie opened today. Are you done today. with comics? Oh, already? We're done with comics. Well, I got oh. nothing else. You got something else? You haven't read anything. We got guests. Michael, Dave, can you, you read anything? Mario hasn't bought a comic since his daughter was born, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I can take it. And she's graduating college now, isn't she? Yeah, she yeah, is. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, no, but I did want to ask a quick question. I know you guys have probably hashed through the whole Dark Knight thing, but um, I was reading on a forum the other day 
uh, somebody brought up this discrepancy of they claimed that Nolan based Dark Knight off of Killing Joke, but from my recollection, he had said that he read Killing Joke in preparation for Dark Knight. Can you guys clear that it's up? It's not based no, on Killing Joke. No, 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 joke, I know it's he not takes, based on he, it. But he took some thematic there things There are a lot of thematic it, things. Yes. The depth that the, jo- the Joker gets, sort of the dependency between Batman and Joker and the needing of one another and all this other things. I, I'm trying to turn it into sort of a Harlequin thing. But anyways, the truth is, is it's not really a, an adaptation, like faithful adaptation. No, not at all. But it was never intended to be. No, I always no. thought that he said that he read it in preparation knowing that that was sort of like a touchstone that he wanted to ret- reference. Well, if you're going to talk about the Joker, if you're going to put the Joker in a film, you've got to read is what obvious. is considered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 everybody goes, what's your reference? And, you know, you talk, you look at the five best Joker stories, and that's got to be top Absolutely. one or and two. And Killing Joke gets a lot into the relationship between Batman and Well, it was the Joker. first time, I think, really, that the Joker really had some sort of connection tied to Batman and some sort of deep characterization. Yeah. So it's it's really a milestone. But I mean, it owes, just, it owes as much to year one, too. I mean, still, because totally. you have the introduction of Jim Gordon's family, yep. Barbara and the Sun, and, uh, you know, when the Two-Face thing happened, that's what I was really expecting was like, we were going to see things like panel for panel out of year one. Yeah. Uh, although the ending in year one, his son was a baby at that at that point. But still, yeah. I mean, it's just picking up a lot of right. ideas. There were a lot of themes. And, it's yeah. just definitely an adaptation that owes a lot to the comics. But gee, isn't that the way it should be? Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I didn't want to crack that back open. It's just I, I read that the other day. Well, you was, did. Thanks, well, Mario. Sorry, sorry. No, it's fine. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah, it's a good point. I Let's loved go on it. to movies. I just saw it. Awesome. Uh, we don't get Iron Man until September. You don't get Iron oh Man until September. God. You should get it while you're here. I did. <laughs> did you uh, Did you see it while you were here? Yeah, I saw I saw Iron Man and then Hulk and then Dark Knight three days in a row. Oh, nice. That was just amazing. Should have seen Hulk and then Iron Man and then Dark Knight. But they told me to do it the other way around, and I'm glad I did I know. It the other well, way around. Well, because Hulk is chapter two. I know, I know, I know. But Iron Man is the better movie. But in in the rate of, you'd be so excited in Hulk, you, you know. And then you get even more yeah. excited. But I was Man. I was then excited with that. Hulk. Hulk was really good compared to the other one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, I, yeah, you know. So I really enjoyed. Not it. a bad film. Well, I'm sorry. We are sitting at the table with the one comic book reader <laughs> in America who thinks that Ang Lee's Hulk was a cinematic masterpiece. Uh, you are totally this, this, that out of this is why he's actually. I hate to. I privately banned him from the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> after he. Expl- the only way that I could get I back think in the was last, to just crash the party. The last he podcast he commented, you know. So I'll publicly denounce Confess. you. Yes. Mario you Adam are a false prophet. You no, are see, an unperson. So, so this is this is the one thing. Like as <laughs> as a film fan, I stood up and defended the fact that he took it in a different direction and he tried to do something different and forever have been branded with saying that it's a cinematic masterpiece of comic <laughs> fandom. Derek tends to never do said that, that until now. So don't quote me on that. Oh, it's on. It's recorded now. It, it is. Uh, well, let's It'll go to movies that are opening this week and, and next week, and I guess the week after that. We saw Pineapple Express. Ooh. Yes, we did. Hell. Must we? Okay, uh, Lon, I'm going to get... hear all the horrid details. You yeah. want me to go first? You well, go yeah, because you know, Lon actually texted me today and said, or I am me, and said, how'd you, how'd you like my review? And I said, it was fair. I thought you could have ripped on it even more. And he's <laughs> like, I thought he was actually too nice in his pan, but go ahead. Um, yeah, I did not like it, and, and, and I'm a huge Apatow fan, and like Seth Rogen, loved Super Bad, loved all, you know, knocked up 40 year old virgin. Um, <laughs> what? No. The screening audience that I, uh, saw, saw it with was actually, 
I thought they had perfected smell-o-vision. I've never been to a screen where this happened. <laughs> Seth Rogen actually like lights up and blows smoke into the into the screen, and at that moment, suddenly the very strong scent of marijuana, burning marijuana, came to me, and I turned to AJ, the guy that uh, that hosts that arranges the the screenings, and I go, "Is that? <laughs> did they Supposed did they happen. somehow do?" <laughs> And I just didn't know, and he's like, "Man, I, wow." <laughs> well, see, the thing what is, what kind of screening you run in AJ? Yeah, no. <laughs> the thing I don't is, know. though, I've been coming out going, "It's the greatest movie ever, <laughs> man." Well, maybe With that, back I'm hungry. Hungry. that was the plan, I think. See, I don't even know though if a healthy dose of weed <laughs> could make this movie well, any see, good. And, and maybe Goodson should should step in because he's the one yelling, "Do you smoke pot? Um, do you need that was to a very good Goodson? Do you need?" <laughs> he always does it. Do you so. need to be stoned to enjoy a stoner comedy? This is sort of. I mean, I think that you sh- you don't have to be part of the specific demographic to enjoy a well-made movie. True, and but I it wasn't a, a well-made movie. No, it wasn't a well-made movie. And here's the one thing I, I put in the review too. I actually think this movie does a disservice to stoners in the sense that. <laughs> It it makes them all seem pathetic, lonely, yeah. and and sad. Boo! <laughs> no, but when many of them go on to live health, productive, no, but healthy lives. But like in a sense, if you look at a movie like Half Baked, where which I never have, but well, okay. basically Half Baked, you know, portrays stoners as all different kinds of people, the way it really is. And you know, there it was kind well, of Seth Rogen is a process server. Um, yeah, but did he really come off as a swell guy? No, no. Yeah, hmm. so I mean, it just and Gary Cole certainly didn't. No, and so I don't. It's just the, the movie. What did you think of it, Derek? Well, there we go. I, What's the movie about? <laughs> it's Weed. A, it's a yeah. <laughs> I got that part. I, I one thing. It, it begins in like 1938 with a military under underground marijuana experiment. And you know it's like it's substance nine, and you're, and, you're kidding, right? You no, know, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I'm not. Is kidding. Captain America there? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he sm- he takes a big it's a cameo. He's, he takes uh, a big frozen. a big you know a drag, and then he's like you know he goes off and fights the Nazis. Uh, and, and then they. <laughs> One of the reasons why he was unable to three stop the years earlier than World War Two, dude. Um, Bill Hader, and probably what I thought was, you know was kind of a funny bit because I like Bill Hader, and he's very intense as a comedian. Um, but it just didn't make sense, and and there's a, a sort of a connection in that at the end of the movie they kind of imply that maybe Pineapple Express is this substance, but they right? never say. That's but the whole thing. It, it's like they're hinting. Are they leaving it open for the sequel? Well, no. Oh God, please no! <laughs> Here's the weird thing about that movie. The movie is called Pineapple Express. They talk about the movie about how Pineapple Express is this great weed that it's so much better than every. But never once in the movie do they point out. How it affects you differently, right. or they're, how it you know it, yeah. it doesn't. It's like so they're just smoking weed. It Although, never shows the you effects. Know, they do play leapfrog in the woods, and they do get a caterpillar stoned. So yeah, I think maybe that's part of it. I you know, <laughs> where's it supposed to be? Like the suitcase full of gold light in Pulp Fiction? Maybe you know, but no, no, it's not. The suitcase is it, was is opened. It, and is smoked. it by coincidence? <laughs> by the by, that's what was in the suitcase. The plot basically is that Seth Rogen buys a, a, a supply of Pineapple Express from James Franco, and you have to know before that that Pineapple Express is so rare. Only James Franco. Only James Franco is the only dealer in the city that was allowed to sell it. Which city? 
Well, I, probably <laughs> LA. Probably <laughs> LA. You gotta go. You're leaving for Japan, Mark. You don't have time to get this. And and uh, so he goes, and uh, so he's gonna serve. He's probably so he's gonna serve papers to the higher up in the by coincidence in the drug chain, mm. the big just, dealer. Just as the guy is executing a member of the Asian gang mm. in his plate glass picture window. Yeah, Seth if you're going to assassinate anybody, do it right in front of your open yeah. window. Everybody so can Seth see. Rogen is getting stoned out front, sees this, throws the doobie out out the car window, drives off after wrecking a police car and a couple other cars, and then the dr- the, the drug supplier but, but comes the out, thing picks is, though, up, takes a whip and goes, Pineapple Express. And then because there's only one chain down, it's like they're, you know. Yeah, because the drug dealer the didn't see mm-hmm. Seth Rogen get away, so he had no other clue. Seth Rogen was was escaped fine. He was totally cool, except he left his doobie, and so the guy just so that's happens the moral to of the story. Yeah. Tribe. Don't litter people. No, so, swallow the swallow. So from yeah. an outsider's perspective, like um, it, they had a red band trailer. That I guess that was released well in advance. Yeah, of the and I saw band. the red band trailer. And so the, uh, I don't know. Maybe I read too much into it, but the red band trailer seemed to imply that the drug was so good that he could have possibly like. Hallucinated seeing this guy getting shot or something, or like maybe this was. Well, all you know sort of what? A thing that, that would have been a, an interesting plot turn. Well, that was the only reason why I was like remotely interested in seeing this movie. And then I'm, I'm sorry to it ruin this. Like Brad Pitt's character from True Romance, which is exactly what it is. Yeah. It was exactly, exactly it based off of that. Yeah, yeah. it's right. it's it's a self-proclaimed stoner action movie, and it is a waste. You know, you said the Kims of comedy. Is yeah. that who? So Bobby Lee, I recognize. I didn't know the other Doctor Ken Jong, who was actually in Knocked Up, played one of the played the doctor. Oh, okay, but you so you get these. Two well-known Asian stand-up comics, Korean, sure. Well, Asian, sure. Okay, <laughs> and you cast them as the because they're described as just the Asians yeah, yeah, in the true. film. That's and then plot. Bobby Lee doesn't actually say anything. He or acts more Japanese. <laughs> he doesn't get to do anything that's funny. No. So, and and Gary Cole, I, I I have had a rule that any movie I see. With Gary Cole in it, at least Gary Cole's a redeeming factor. Mm-hmm. Right. Pineapple Express has broken that rule. That's uh, unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And here's too the thing, bad, too, though. Gary. Most stoner comedies, everybody goes, oh, you have to watch them stone or whatever. And it's like, you know, the the good ones with a good story and good laughs, you know, you I can appreciate I remember finding that. Up in Smoke funny. I mean, yeah. Was, yeah. I was 13, yeah. but I still found it funny, you know. Yeah, I think this movie is just relying on the fact that people are going, ha, 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 look, they're high, it's funny. And if you go to the right screening, you <laughs> might get high to contact. <laughs> that's that's Now, we saw another. Wait, before we move on to that, I thought Wait. of one cool thing. <laughs> you, said, you mentioned Bill Hader. Has yes. anybody seen on YouTube the line on C-Spot? And no, it's 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 a. Uh, I, I just saw one episode today, but I'm just go out and check out the rest. Bill Hader's in it, and apparently it's a it's a fanboy type uh, little sketch, and they're all waiting in line for the big premiere of this geeky nerd movie or whatever. And Bill Hader's the front of the line, and he's showing his uh, his his toy sword collection from the movie, but he's missing that one, you know, that one rare one that uh, got pulled from the shelves because that lead paint or whatever. And then he, another like Zorlak type guy, comes in wearing a cape and everything else, and they have a trivia contest to because he actually has the sword and Bill needs it for his uh, collection. So, anyways, just a recommendation. Bill Hader is one of us. Yeah, Bill Hader is ah. hilarious. But so go on YouTube and look up the line. Okay, it's hilarious. So the line, the, the line. line. It says on C Spot plus C Spot. Yeah, you know, something okay. like that. Okay, is C Spot hyphenated? I think it is. 
Uh, my yeah, C dash spot. I've I think. some stuff from them. So, but it was on the front page today. So if you catch okay, it well today, maybe maybe tonight we'll check that out. We saw in addition to Pineapple Express at Comic Con, we saw Tropic Thunder, which opens next week. Looking forward to that. That one's absolutely worth it. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I think so. That's, is that the one where Robert Downey Jr. Is? Yes, the, oh. Austra- the Australian method actor who dies is that skin the one where black. He does the donkey show? No, that's no, different- <laughs> no. <laughs> that was Thursday night in the nineties. <laughs> would say totally uh, you are good enough. That's a yeah. donkey show. <laughs> uh, no, you uh, really only have to say donkey. Tropic Thunder was every bit as funny, if not more. So then, uh, then the commercial. the then the commercials make it seem. It's- yeah, and the funny thing was, I thought because we saw both down San Diego. Pineapple Express and Tropic yeah. Thunder. I thought Tri- Pineapple Express was going to be funny or hilarious, and Tropic Thunder was going to stink. It was mm. the totally other way around, and Tropic Thunder was yes, hilarious. Yes, been left embittered by the experience. Yes, no, but hilarious movie. So absolutely hilarious, and start it, to finish too, and a great stru- yeah. Because any standouts? Because that's a big cast. You know what I thought was most impressive about it? Everybody, everybody got at least one moment where it's absolutely their thing, and and they're in control, and. I thought the clever thing about the structure is it begins with like coming attractions that establish who all the actors oh, are. Oh, that's very brilliant. smart. So oh. there's like so there's a rapper making his film debut in the movie Tropic Thunder, Al Pacino, and who's got a drink called Booty Sweat. So first there's a, <laughs> there's, a there's a commercial for Booty Sweat that shows. Then there's a trailer for. Let's not uh, ruin all because he's a no, good. Let's not but ruin them all. And there's a trailer for, but for it the gets movie. Sort of like the so, so you get yeah. the, so yeah, you get yeah. the sense of what their careers have been. It, essentially, Absolutely. those trailers put you in that universe. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So then when you so go this watch is sort the, the movie, shot with the seals on the vest coming. Yes, right. right. Let me tell you. Matthew McConaughey, and you know how I feel about Matthew McConaughey. Hates him. I hate Matthew McConaughey. It hurts my soul to mention. Matthew McConaughey took over the role that Owen Wilson had uh, when he had his little accident. Uh, <clears throat> that's what we'll say. Um, and Matthew, oh man, I fell on a razor blade. Matthew McConaughey was brilliant. In fact, I can't imagine Owen Wilson doing the role, and I've never enjoyed Matthew McConaughey wow. okay. before. I enjoyed Matthew McConaughey in this film. I can see lines forming on your face when you have to admit that. It's freaking me out, yeah. man. It's freaking me out. It was just so funny. You know, it's great. And it was so well structured. It, you know. It's really great to hear this because I think I think with Ben Stiller, the thing that always sort of uh, concerns me whenever he's directing a vehicle is that it, it, he tends to lose his way a little bit here and there. But hearing the most this rewarding is thing is hearing that the structure is maintained. Tightly that, focused. And, and in the midst of it, in the structure of it, it's also parodying. Vietnam War films. Yeah. Oh, it's parody. It's so smart that it's, it's, it's just complex. dead on. It's, it's working on so many levels. You it can't get stoned a lot for this. of things. It spoofs. Yeah. It's it's very. And what I was impressed, speaking of Ben Stiller directing, is that it's a huge movie. It's like got Rumor a lot. Rumor to of, have spent 150 million yeah. on that. Thing. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of just crazy effects, like you know, of course, war movie effects or whatever. And I'm sitting there going, you know, here's Ben Stiller, the you know, the little comedian from Dodgeball or whatever, you know, and it's like. This guy pulled off a huge blockbuster film, and it's Ben Stiller show. But yeah, yes. well, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, well, he won an Emmy. For you know that, what, Lon so. doesn't have a sense of history. Right? It's okay, no, we no. don't. You know. well, Dodgeball was what, like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was yes. trying to make a point. So anyways. I hear you. I hear He's you. a little comedian from Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, and then uh, Tom Cruise basically gets to save his career. 
you know, by by doing this. And uh, Tom Cruise, well, Tom I think that was supposed to be a surprise. No, but it's not. Oh, if it's a surprise, yeah, it's the all, worst kept no, secret in Hollywood. I had Mario. no idea. I had that no idea he was in there. I wasn't going to bring it up, but. Uh, Way to go, man. Every article I've read on Tropic Thunder has mentioned Tom Cruise in it, so I didn't think I was spoiling well, some anything. Of us I never learned how to read. Know it's I like don't read. Because <laughs> you know I'm behind the times. Thank yeah. you. That's great. I don't read. Some of us Eric. don't actually go to Fanboy Planet. Well, then, tell you, we won't say what Tom Cruise does in the movie. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. but it is a career. Does it involve a couch? It has something to do with a donkey show. It is a okay. career-reviving move. It absolutely is. That'd be donkey show. So, love that. One we haven't seen, but it's coming up, and we've got a member of the five. First, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. It's going to be. You excited? I mean, I'm super excited over the Clone Wars. I mean, How do you feel about the art style? I I like it. I totally dig it. I think it's really, really. Um, I mean, I like the Clone Wars TV spots that they did on Car- Cartoon Network and stuff. I really enjoyed that. And then for them to take that style and make it 3D, um, the clones in particular and all the mechanics and everything are completely mind blowing. I'm not maybe not too enthusiastic on seeing like the people Obi-Wan version Obi Wan and, and Anakin and stuff and maybe the although the, they're a lot more animated in these films than they are in the, uh, <laughs> in the yeah, real live action. Right mm, no comment. Can you answer? Okay, I have two questions about this movie, and maybe Michelle can help us uh, sure. figure it out. First one is the obvious question: the storyline, from what I've read and heard, and maybe even seen from the trailers, uh, it takes place before Episode Three. Yes. But in this movie, uh, Anakin has a pa- uh, Padawan. Yes. How is that possible if he wasn't made, if he was still a Padawan until part three? No, he was a Jedi. Was he a Jedi? He was, he a, was Jedi. a full Jedi. He was a full Jedi, but he didn't become a Jedi Master until episode three. Right, but I thought you couldn't take a Padawan until you were. Mm, I think you can take a Padawan. Uh, you have know. to be a knight first. Mm. You know, this, uh, you know. Yes. this is a disturbing conversation on a lot <laughs> I, of levels. I wish this was a video <laughs> cast because you could see the intensity on on Michelle's face, <laughs> where you know he has studied the the scriptures <laughs> and the Journal <laughs> of the Wills. No. and uh, there I was reaching the, back. That's wait, total obscure. On, Star so does this take place after the Clone Wars cartoon, the first one? Most likely. Okay. Did he I, become a knight on that? I don't know. You know, okay, fan in the back is saying yes? Yes. Okay, okay there you go. So then I guess a knight can, a Jedi knight can take a Padawan, I guess. Okay. If he moves I would to assume. King's Bishop. And, and if, and, is and that if Dan DiDio? In the second no. movie, I think they actually call him a knight at that point. In the second movie, uh, I thought he was still a Padawan, I, but I, I don't it, remember. Anyways. The end of it, they, it was a Jedi knight. You know what? To solve this, that would require that we watch these films again, and I just am not willing to take okay, that Okay, then here's my yeah. second question about Clone Wars. I had I I I haven't heard anything about this since, and maybe it's because they're just trying to promote the movie. But isn't this movie essentially the first part of the ongoing series yes. for Cartoon Network? Yes, or some other cable yes. channel, Cartoon Network. Okay, so essentially, what is the relation to this movie to the series? Can somebody explain that to me? Hey, what you just described it—it's the first part of the. It's, it's like the pilot. It's, a, it's the okay. Pilot. So, are, so is the series going to look like this movie? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So we're going to have totally. movie quality. Star Wars animated Star Wars or series we're seeing television quality animation on a big screen. Ah, uh, okay. I don't think so. I think it's pretty cool. Well, I mean, have I'm- you seen the film? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. But with high def television and everything, it's the I mean, the difference I s- is getting blurred really fast. Well, right? yeah, but I but I mean, I, I can also see you know, you've seen bad CG animation. Yeah. I mean, just because the computers do it, they're still 
there's still Pixar and there's you know yeah, I think we're getting yeah. probably a pretty good representation in the coming attractions. Yeah. I don't think it looks yeah, at all yeah. bad. Because, so it, the the coming attractions. What I saw from the coming attractions also it's they're little snippets, but at Comic Con and at Celebration Japan. Um, they showed like extended versions, like five minute, oh. you know, reels of the film, and they were just. Th- this is why I say I'm really excited because I saw those, and those were just like wow, you know. You know, I, I mean, I've I've turned around literally today on this thing because the art style was really bothering me before the kind of angular faces and mm-hmm. stuff, and then I was thinking it looks, and I was trying to think what it looked like to me because it was in the back of my head, Carmen Infantino. His, his style okay. of oh, art, if you'd taken it 3D, and then I made a second jump, which was he did a lot of the Marvel, Star Wars, yeah. comic books. Well, that's mm. interesting. I never thought of that. Yeah. Never thought of that. So, you know, there you yeah. have it. So I I'm, thought Chaken did the early ones. Chaken did the early, early ones. ones. But, but Chaken's kind of art style was kind of angular like that too, wasn't it? Yeah, Chaken kind of was experimenting. and yeah. And then they brought in Tom Palmer to ink him. And we then, never got to say Leia and Fishnets. Mm. No, but but, but Infant, Infantino did most of the. I mean, because after Chicken only did the first ten issues, and then uh, maybe even only the first nine, and then a whole bunch of other people took over. And Infantino, I think, had the longest run on Star yeah. Wars. Mm. I think he even did the strip for a while when they had. A, I think you right. They had a newspaper strip. So, for me, but it was all that same kind of angular, kind of flashlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for me, for for me, when I saw that style, I did notice that everything was kind of elongated, and it kind of reminded me of, of what I remember watching on MTV, the Eon Flux, yes, um, yeah. cartoons. Yes. And I really dug that. That was really that was much more stylized, though. Yeah. I think in and Eon it Flux, was, it's like we were we were joking. A couple of the members of the Five Hundred First and I were joking. It's like I don't think we can run that fast in armor, and we're like, <laughs> yeah, but doesn't it just look so cool? Well, yeah. Would you like to try right now? Run in front of the store no, back. I don't, I don't think so. I like it. Wait, well, I have a, I have one more question for the five zero firster. So, do you have any inside information, or at least do you, would you happen to know of anything of what's up with the? Okay, so we've done. We're doing this Clone Wars story again. Two thousand eleven. You're talking about. Well, no, I'm just kind of curious about like why. Why did he sure, choose? Sure, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Go ahead. You don't say something like that and not follow it up. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, then. Well, then the thing is, is are He's they going to pursue? What's the next thing you're going to pursue after Clone Wars? If, if what's if, in 2011? After Clone Wars, there's the there's the live action TV series. Right. Have they talked about what we can expect? They or? haven't said anything about it just yet. What uh, do you uh, think? All, all what I remember hearing, um, and it's public knowledge. This isn't mm-hmm. really. From what I remember hearing is that it's going to take place between episode three and episode four, and it's not going to be dealing with anybody, yeah. uh, any of the really main characters, except maybe Boba Fett. And mm-hmm. Boba Fett's like um, his... Uh, Daniel came by and said hi to us at, at Supercon, by the way, and, yeah. and uh, we made the Michelle connection. But... Uh, Uh-oh. but you know I mean just I would say my hope for the live action is he'd be a fool if he didn't uh, snag Jimmy Smits and put him in his Bail Organa I I think I think they might because I still think that was the mistake in uh, like I have a right to say in Revenge of the Sith it's like the interesting character the one whose fate we don't know I mean we know he blows up at the beginning of he could have been off planet on he a vacation or something is we don't know and the more interesting plot line is the guy who like what happened in A New Hope is the guy that just falls into this and is doing the right thing, even though he knows he's going to lose everything. 
it's not Anakin, it's not Obi-Wan. We know how that turns out. Yeah. I wanted to see what right. was going on. What forced Bail Organa to do the right thing? Plus he was like the first Mexican in a Star Wars movie, right? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, well, but, but you're right. Though. Well, because Sombrero Fett was uh, <laughs> discarded. Uh, no, but oh, wait, I think Nine Nub was actually Chula El Salvadorian. No, but and and that's the thing. It's like who who is important? Who is an important main character to them? The important main character, in my point of view, would be Anakin, Leia, and stuff. And like, blah, blah, blah. like you said, uh, Jimmy Smith and Bail Organa. Yeah, he's he's a main character, but he's not really a main character. So I really think that he's gonna show up. If it was, you know um, what? If it was just the Fett Chronicles. How many nerds would just eat that up? I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm plus, there. plus, you have this, <laughs> you have this icon of Boba Fett who's never really been in the movies, like you know, more than five minutes, right? And, right. and <laughs> he needs, he needs his his legacy explained. Tarnished. Yeah, no, but he needs it Tarnished. basically. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. And filleted, uh, so. you know, because uh, honestly, the thing is, Boba Fett is a lot less cool now that they've explained. taken the helmet off of yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, and that's and that's. But if you gave him like a weekly series where it's like the Bounty Hunter Chronicles or something, like, how awesome would that be? Excuse me, I think it'd be the Mandalorian Chronicles, <laughs> whatever. But I mean, uh, you could put, and that's the thing too is all they really need is a show with just. They need an excuse to just bring back all the cool costumes I, uh, the way, they have in storage. I just got odd person to buy Goodson who just went oh, pointed and and, <laughs> and and it's Mandalorian Super Commando. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> that's what you get for trying to pull that with him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you know what I've seen in the last uh, couple of weeks? The sun. So, uh, <laughs> you know. and it's good. Okay, let's uh, let's go to TV, shall we? As we've kind of transitioned to TV. You did mention Flash, Tyler. I just wanted to say I did watch uh, some of the stuff on the Big Bang Chronicle, uh, the Big Bang Theory. See, I'm stuck on Chronicles. The Big Bang. Oh, Theory you watched DVD. the DVD? There was extras, and, I, and I've got to say, there's not. Oh, I'm that's very sad. Dis- I, I'm. I'm satisfied in that commentary. It's, it's fun. No, uh, it's fun to watch the episodes. Oh, They're funny. The Big Bang Theory. There, you no ever watched the Big Bang Theory? Uh, yeah, the joke is there. Uh, there's like a 40 minute behind the scenes documentary interview with uh, with Chuck Lorre and the produ- uh, producer's name is totally escaping. They at least have all of Chuck Lorre's end pieces. No, no. Mm. Well, I mean, well, they've got to be there. They're probably there on the on the episodes. I shouldn't <laughs> yeah. say that. Yeah. I, I didn't freeze frame that much. But so I'm kind of disappointed that they really didn't do anything like that. And uh, on, the, on the other hand, there were more episodes than I thought there were. You know, 17. So it's a it's a satisfying season set, but woefully thin on extras. So I, I feel like wait for the special edition. I, do they do special editions? You know what? TV they shows? probably just rushed one out because of the writer's strike. And Maybe. They they do. Though, They've done kind of unheard of. When they did the full season of Buffy the first time, they, yeah. each season had an extra disc. Then they did it again with all box, and it had another extra yeah, disc. Yeah, but that in was that Buffy. One. That was Buffy. Yeah. So who knows if Big Bang Theory will follow that I think that Speaking line. of Buffy. Oh, yeah. good transition. That was nice. Uh, Softball to so you, Derek. So pick it up. Yeah. So uh, w- the, over the weekend, it was leaked, the four-minute test film. I don't think you could even say pilot, but the test film for the animated series that never actually happened. Uh, leaked onto the web, was posted on YouTube. We ran it on Where Fanboy Planet. Where can we Planet. find that, Derek? You could find it at Fanboy Planet, though I know you didn't. Don't pander now. You've still got to <laughs> dig out there, buddy. Uh, so, uh, And Fanboy Planet was one of the first to pick up on it, so I, I feel good you about know, that. You know, I'll say this much. I wasn't a fan of the Buffy series. I didn't really watch anything. But once you w- animate a teen girl? Really no, but when it? I watched that four-minute little thing, <laughs> and I don't know if it was just because it was paced fast because it was just kind of a demo, 
Yeah. But it moved quick and had enough kind of funny little quirks and jokes. I was like, I might actually watch this. You should so. definitely watch it because it was. I thought the dialogue for a cartoon version of the series, the dialogue was right there with the series. Uh huh. For just four minutes. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That's my, all my attention span will give me, though. So Yeah, and yeah. if you watch yeah. that, there's also I, – I, I had interviewed, what, four years ago? Jeff Loeb, who was the supervising producer, would have been the supervising producer on the series uh, and had kind of written the Bible for the animated series. So uh, like putting it in context, if you want to know the history, that article is there on Fanboy Planet as well. It had so, all the all the trademark Whedon – Things like the the dragon coming down unexpectedly and like mm-hmm. mid sentence and taking her out of the scene. Can yeah, you tell just, the story about the angry phone call you got from Jeff Loeb? <laughs> it's an important piece of fanboy language. Michael wants to hear it before he goes to bed. It was <laughs> well. Once upon a time, I, I I ran this article and I think wasn't that that I had uh, he had confirmed something in what he thought was a private email and I ran it, or I may have run a piece of art that wasn't officially. But it was like my first kind of weird brush with greatness because my communications had only been via email. And then I'm driving home after I'd posted that, and uh, my cell phone rang. And, Derek, this is Jeff Loeb. And you need to take that down now. And it was like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yes, Mr. Loeb. Yes, Mr. Loeb. I'm in the cl- <laughs> Whatever you say. Whatever you say. As soon as I can get to the uh, I'm in the car on I-5, but I will find a way. Jeff Loeb has my phone. And this is, you know, years ago when really, you know, mm-hmm. you couldn't do it from a phone. Not that I can now. But if you donate on the PayPal button, maybe someday I will be able to. Uh, <laughs> so, That's a transition. Uh, yeah. And uh, not the first time. Well, not the last time that I that I got. You know, angry phone calls from from Jeff Loeb, <laughs> but it, but it was it was. He's all Derek. What are you wearing? <laughs> this is Jeff Loeb. Stop it. That's not angry. That's not. Oh, okay. uh, well, you have those problems. No, don't it was you? the you other way around. He was angry at himself. I'll pull that down. What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. <laughs> Take it no, off. No, down. Flash. Tell uh, me again, but go slow. Oh, go slowly. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, so something that we've got, you know, I'd say fairly complete coverage of the Buffy animated there on uh, Family Planet because years ago. We Jeff, spent eight minutes going over four. Yeah, Jeff Loeb and I <laughs> used to talk a lot via email and occasionally the angry phone call. Until you pissed him off. Yeah, let me go with a DVD, by the way, that I did watch and it also reviewed uh, Space, which is chock full of mm-hmm. extras and totally worth it. Although a lot are reproduced from the UK version. Not that any I of have us not saw seen them. this show. You have not ever seen the show. Nope. You've got to. You need to. Okay. Yeah. You have got yeah. to. What's it about? Uh, so, uh, Spaced is about two uh, uh, two British slackers who pretend to be a couple so they can get a, a nice apartment. Kind of like bosom buddies, uh, except it's a man and a woman. Oh, and okay. uh, and the the guy works at a comic book store, uh, oh. and he wants to be a comic book artist, and it's just full of. References to, I mean, I love. I mean, you know, it's like they're playing video games all the time. They're, they're reading comics. They're uh, some Star Wars references. There's a lot of Star there, Wars references. So it's like the British Big Bang Big Theory. Bang Theory. That's where and, I was but going. It, but you know, the Big Bang Theory is the is is the logical next. It's kind of the American version. In fact, they tried to do an American version. Fox was going to do this. McGee was producing. And uh, they just totally... That's like, all you have to say. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I've got a man crush on McGee. I'll explain that to you off air. Oh, uh, I'll get yeah. to it. But, uh, but yeah, it, it was tanked because actual spaced fans in America just completely protested and, and hated it and wrote let angry letters and we will not watch. Kind of like the American version of AbFab. 
Yeah. Or they coupling. had an American version of it? Red no. Dwarf. Oh, okay. Or Red Dwarf, yeah. I mean, you know, it's... I've it actually heard, though, that Spaced will probably be picked up somehow. No, somewhere. I'd heard yeah, that was dead, but... Well, especially now there's a huge Goodwill tour with Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and uh, Jessica Hines. And so, I sat down with them at Comic-Con, and so that interview's up on, on the site, along with the review. But but to go back, to tie back to <laughs> Pineapple Express, Bill Hader does commentary. Patton Oswalt does commentary. Quentin Tarantino does commentary on an episode in which they make fun of Quentin Tarantino films. That's awesome. And it's like it's, – it's really And Kevin just, Smith who yeah. really wanted to just spend a month losing weight after finishing Zack and Miri shoot a porno or make a porno. And uh, they dragged him into the studio to, co- to do commentary on three or four episodes because he was a big Spaced fan. And it's just a great – What's that got to do with him losing weight? Because, as he says, he didn't want to appear in public. He didn't want to go anywhere. Oh, so he could do voice work. Yeah, so he could yes. do voice work. And they uh, fed him that's what he Malamar says. bars. No, this is what he says. You know, he gains weight when he does a film shoot. Uh, so he was just going to hide for a month and not do anything. And then they said, hey, would you come and do commentary? Got it. So, And that's the thing that's, that's U.S. only. The U.K. has had, the, had these DVDs for some time. But because of music clearance rights... It's been held up in America and finally just came out two weeks ago. So it's uh, it is the ultimate fan. It's like the best fifty bucks you'll spend probably. I mean, it's it's really really good. It's forty on Amazon. You can get the link there on Con Fanboy Planet. But uh, it's definitely worth. And do that, kids, because Derek needs needs the money. Absolutely, Derek needs an iPhone. Actually, in a strange twist of fate, I think the money goes to Goodson's account. (laughs) (laughs) For reasons I'm still not entirely clear on. (laughs) Twist of fate or brilliant plan. (laughs) (laughs) He set up the account. Anyway, so. uh, (laughs) Dang it. And I also watched Freakazoid. We talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago, the animated series, superhero series that I was like, that should be brought back. Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg presents Freakazoid, which Bruce Tim and Paul Dini created. And then left because Steven Spielberg wanted to be much funnier than they wanted to do it. And I hadn't realized that. I always wondered why Freakazoid looked so much like a Bruce Timm design but wasn't a Bruce Timm show. And now I know. There you go. It's a bizarre series. They, in fact, Would you say it's freaky? It is. Oh, okay. It is. Uh, I, think, I think it's – It's kind of like Ambush Bug for the uh, – I, I got to uh, go with that's a fair. That's a fair explanation. I, you know, there's, I don't think I watched every episode, but the ones that I did watch were definitely in that uh, Again, in the, in, in the first, they, they bring the Animaniacs in to sing a parody of their theme song for the Freakazoid and Friends show. And uh, one of the things is, is no one – this is a show that no one gets is one of the lyrics. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah. they're referencing Ed Wood. They're referencing uh, – Later on in the series, and there's, like there's a huge Godfather parody. What what eight year old kid was getting up on Saturday morning and, and understanding that joke? So this sounds like one that needs a second audio track commentary, and it does have commentary. Okay. So I've actually I cause I watched the first episode or the first yeah the first full episode because there's three segments within it. Because after watching this thing with the Sidekick Chronicles uh, off air, I was talking about this where it's. He, he's auditioning sidekicks. He decides to make his right hand his sidekick, hand man. And then he has hand girls his left hand. And it takes it all the way through the mar- through the wedding night. Yeah, it's just wrong. So I had to listen to the commentary to go, Thank you for stopping there. Did they know how wrong this was? Oh, yeah, they did. And that's so I didn't understand that. That's crazy. So, But it's definitely – it's not a show – it's not a show for kids. I, I mean I – but you know, but the funny thing is, is it was really pushed that way too. Because I remember seeing like my niece yeah. would be watching uh, Saturday morning cartoons. And it's like they'd have the you know the big WB thing. Yeah, they just push whatever the next show is. Yeah. This yeah, was, was so oddly same. thrown together. Their their network promos were parodies of cruise ship 
which are all included there as extras, cruise ship ads, when it says, like, out here, you know, and they have all these jokes, and it's all about how they haven't actually started doing it, but they go Freakazoid coming this fall, and Freakazoid never appears in them. The WB at that time was somewhat... Re- Desperate? You know, yeah. they, no, they were a little rebellious at that point, and they were actually also trying to lure in a more adult audience to watch at the same time as I, You know kids. what I think is, is Freakazoid would probably do well if they showed it on Adult Swim. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and they talk about this. I thought they did for a while, didn't they? I think it did a, a couple years ago because that I remember seeing like uh, like uh, repeats of it late at night, and I was going like, Freakazoid. Really? I'm pretty okay. sure they haven't been. No, like, at least not for the last four years. Okay, I mean, it was a long time ago. I mean, it was one of those where it was like Freakazoid. So I think it might I mean, have been right when they started. That would have been a logical place for it. I yeah. just I just don't remember. I don't know. I didn't watch a lot of Adult Swim until you know, Robot Chicken and. Well, I mean, if you look at like Animaniacs too, Animaniacs was had kind of an adult tone too. Yeah, I was going to make that point too. That yeah. They they did kind of push the envelope a couple of times in that show as well. Yeah, but it was just more intelligent humor. You know what I mean? So that's called pushing the envelope for television. Well, pushing the envelope <laughs> for television is having you know two hands make out with each other. So I mean, that's <laughs> don't bring it up again. So, oh, you know, okay. Rick, look, so. Rick gets upset. He didn't want to hear hurt. it a second time. Look, he heard. Just that's why, him that's why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and Matthew McConaughey's hands. You know, so uh, oh. that hurts my soul. What's our next topic? Well. Uh, you want to talk about Primeval. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm looking forward push, to this. Uh, which, explain it. because I, I haven't torrented this at all, although I'm sure many have. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's already done like three series in, the, uh, in England. Two seasons in Europe, in Britain already, and they are getting ready for their third. And basically, it's the story of a young man. No, it's the story of a rift in space and, and space and time that allows crazy animals from the future and the past into current day. And there's like there's a uh, huh a torchwood is that what you said you mean like and laser there, cats and there's, and there's a torchwood like organization that that forms to deal with them um, called primeval I don't know what they're called but they there's a, torchwood they also develop they they do apparently develop relationships between the members Shadow. of this crew and for all you S Club Seven fans. <laughs> got good sense of tension. Oh dear. Um, there w- uh, Hannah Spirit uh, was apparently the really hot, cute, short-haired blonde in <laughs> S Club Seven. This is more than I know about S Club Seven. And she's—you uh, can actually find their videos. I did a little research on this. Uh, you can still find their videos on YouTube. www.pedo.com. Okay, good. Just, just, just uh, you know, S- you put it in British parlance. The letter S Club and the number seven. Okay. Uh, but she's part of this uh, this team that goes off hunting the dinosaurs, and they have, oddly enough, there's a little raptor-like mini raptor thing. He becomes like an unofficial, like, can you say Lockheed, a member of the crew. And yeah, it's uh, or looking Slimer forward to from it. From Ghostbusters, there's always some you know little. That starts up this Saturday uh, evening. Um, Assuming you get this out before Saturday evening, right? Yeah, that'll be. A or challenge. it might have started up last night. We don't know. Yeah. So you know, we turn off the cell phones when we get. Uh, we, we don't. We don't. We don't. Uh, you know, a revival just to continue the theme side of making Rick's heart hurt. Uh, this new network called Ion. Anybody watch anything on the Ion network? No, never. Uh, was started by Kyle Rayner? You know, I don't know. It's just like this random collection of stations, uh, and they're showing things like Dead Zone reruns, like things that cast offs from the USA, and so it, Dead Zone went three seasons, didn't they? Uh, Dead Zone, I think, went five. I'm just saying, yeah. it's ca- I, when I say cast offs, I mean it's things that were on. You Not had too to have long had, ago. You had to have had cable to get them before, but Ion is now on broadcast. Oh. 
stations really? like yellow UHF because huh. I've been to my grandmother's house and seen Dead Zone, and I, I heard a little snorkel from uh, from Goodson back there. But you know, grandma doesn't have cable, uh, so you know I've seen it. But they're reviving and they're doing a very big push for Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. Those sad, misguided fools. I know. You mean so, the sci-fi show? Unless, so, so unless they're going back to the filmation version. No, they're not. So we're going to no, do. That's so sad. We're going to do our public, our PSA. People, don't be fooled. Avoid we it all costs. We watched Flash Gordon the first do time not around. Look it directly we in watched the eyes. too many episodes of Flash Gordon the two first time around, yeah, yeah. and yet we watched three or four. And it was wrong. It was bad. Do not be fooled. Accept no substitutes. Biggest mistake I ever made. Rent last the year. movie. Enjoy that. Rent Watching the filmation the, series. A Hawkman episode all the way through. Ah, 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 no. By the first commercial break, I should have known it was over. Oh. Another thing. Uh, Warner Brothers announced direct to DVD live action prequel to the Scooby Doo movies. Isn't the whole TV series a prequel <laughs> to the movies? <laughs> Did we need? So what you're telling me is they've got archived versions of the cartoon series out? There we go. No, they did another live action. <laughs> they did, they're doing a live action CG with the CG Scooby. So that's going to sell like hotcakes. When the mystery, when the what, what do they call the gang? Is there is mystery, the, mystery Inc. Mystery yeah. Inc. is uh, in the high school. Scooby Gang. The, no, no, that's they're never called the Scooby Gang. Buffy the Vampire Slayer calls them the Scooby Gang. They yes. call themselves Mystery Inc. See, like, why can't they do Joss something like delving into now. like? Yeah, well, he's wrong. It's scrappy. Why can't they like delve into some of the mythology, like show when the the the, <laughs> the mystery machine was like put together and painted? Or, there you, you know, go. Like, first you know what, Mario? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's going to happen in this film. So I don't know mm. why you're making predictions. Well, if you like, watch uh, <laughs> TV Funhouse, they had uh, embryonic Scooby Doo. Did you guys see that? No, I got to no. watch that. Yeah. Too. Because so, that just came out on DVD, too, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I gotta get that. look for that for the behind-the-scenes. Absolutely. And I now, just want to know when uh, Thelma, be- or not Thelma, Thelma? Daphne became. Daphne? I want to know when she hit her uh, hot streak. You know what I mean? About age seven. You disgust me. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I've watched a pup named Scooby-Doo. Yeah, she was pretty precocious, shall we say, on a pup named Scooby-Doo. A pup named Scooby-Doo. That brings back memories. Yeah, yeah. that's a horrible show. Terrible. Yeah. Anyway. Undoes, that undoes weeks and weeks of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know. So you gotta, Way to go. Put, now I have something now, to think about Now I remember why I disappeared. Now you've got <laughs> <laughs> we're, just, we're just setting those landmines because you're a dad, you know, now, and you got to worry about these things. I do. I do. Where you're like, you know, you put something on, you, you say, oh, Amelie, you're going to love this show. And then you realize, oh, crap, this was so wrong. Why did my parents let me watch it? Thankfully, she's really taken to, like, the... Uh, Ang Lee films. Really <laughs> <laughs> Masterpiece it's theater. It's on replay. <laughs> no, no, no. She's taken to, like, the Sesame Street and the early Muppet shows. Yeah, Pasolini. So, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let her get a hit a hit of Teletubbies, then watch it all go. Oh, no. she yeah. likes Yo Gabba Gabba. I can tell. Holy that. crap! Um, so <laughs> let us now spend a moment in elegy uh, for the Star Trek experience. Oh, Rick, tell My us about it. My heart hurts. I know that's the theme tonight. Once upon a time, in a small city named Las Vegas, where dreams become reality. The meadows, in the language of lawns people, there was a dream made in reality. Yes. Now, what was that dream? The Star Trek lose experience. Lose all our money at a blackjack in table? the Las Vegas Hilton, where you could walk in to a museum dedicated to thirty years of Star Trek experience. Get on a motion ride, walk through the hallways of the USS Enterprise, and go off and fight uh, Klingon invaders. 
Could you nail green chicks too? Only if you're really good afterwards. Oh, it's okay. Vegas. Oh. You can nail green chicks. <laughs> yes! That's, that's so ten M- bucks extra. <laughs> They're all over at Caesars. Uh, uh, and MGM. <laughs> but no, this was a fabulous... Uh, a little more jaundice. This is a fabulous like yellow, really. <laughs> display. In fact, I just, see. just cruise the hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> when they first opened this thing, they actually had part of the casino-themed Star Trek as well. And Ooh. they had... They had uh, coins for the for the uh, bets and stuff that were minted for the starcade you'd walk through this and you'd walk through this opening area where they had tons and tons of costumes and memorabilia on one side and the other side they had a timeline reaching back way back into time to you know like prehistory like when kirk and spock and mccoy were stranded in the prehistory of Vol- of the planet vulcan or no, no, not planet, the uh, the Memory Alpha planet. Yes, yes. And oh, so it yeah. starts back there. Yeah, that's a great episode. Remember. Thanks, Lon. I know you. One there of with the me. Spock and Love episodes. But it, they're it goes, always memorable. Marriott Hartley. Marriott Hartley. It goes from there the off into the far wow. distance. Used to sell very well at cons. Yes. Anyways, go ahead. But they show you in what first. was happening in in real history, and then what was happening in the Star Trek history at the same time, and then wander on through wait, the series. Well, wait a minute. They're not the same thing. They are the same thing. That's what you find out. Um, Anyway, then when you get past that, you get into this amazing motion ride. So it's a dark ride like you'd find at Disneyland, but in a way... Like Captain EO? Well, not really, because you're not that, sitting that in a theater. That was dark for me. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, very well, dark. Like haunted, like the Haunted Mansion kind of thing? Like kind of like the Haunted Mansion. Well, basically what happens is, and right. I'm not going to... I'm going to go ahead and spoil... Ride. Yeah, because no spoil some of this, because it, it all ends September 1st. <laughs> because you, you, you're waiting in line, and as you're waiting in line, you're walking through more displays that you see along the side of the line, and there's video going on everywhere of shots from the shows and... You eventually you get into this area where two kind of clumsily space-suited characters take you into this room. They close the door and they start doing the spiel about, okay, you're about to go on the motion ride. If anyone's sick or pregnant, they should get off now. And then all of a sudden the lights go out. And there's a swirl of wind and sparkling lights everywhere. And the lights come back on, and you are no longer in that room. You are on the pad of the transporter. You are now on the Enterprise 1701D. And an officer comes in, finds you there, and leads you through the corridors. You, you literally walk a couple of blocks until you're on the bridge of Lots, the Enterprise. You have to walk. You have to walk. <laughs> what? And that's, that's the motion oh God, part of the ride. I have to provide my own motion. At this point, you you get you get the Let us see funny the screen, lady. The screen in front of you, and Riker's on the screen. Jordy's on the screen. They're being attacked by Klingons. Who uh, part of the story is that one of the people in your crew is the ancestor of John uh, Luke Picard, and the Klingons were going back in time to kill you. To keep Picard from being but wait, born. I thought at that point in the story, Klingons and the Federation were allies. These are rebellious Klingons. Oh, so they don't want see loopholes. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. please, Lon, let so me finish the story. <laughs> at that point, you go into a turbo lift, and of course, you're in the turbo lift with with like thirty other people. What's going to happen? The turbo lift starts having trouble. It rocks all over the place. You finally spill. Especially when it's Star Trek fans. You spill out finally into a docking bay where you get into a shuttle. And this is where the real motion ride starts. Because they technically what happens is this thing moves out into a 
a domed IMAX style screen. So basically, you're looking forward into this projected screen. You can't see the edges of the screen at all through the front of the of the shuttlecraft. So kind of like the Back to the Future ride at Universal, kind of, but on steroids. Because well, all right. not as good, Derek. Okay, Thanks just amazing video that eventually uh, that takes you through planets, dives down into um, seeing great whale-like things floating in atmospheres. You finally come out through. You finally blow up some contraption that's keeping you in, locked in this time. You end up back <coughs> flying through the streets of Las Vegas. And end up crashing into the top and, and falling down into the um, back into the Hilton. By the way, that that will still be happening in Vegas even after the Star Trek experience. Probably, <laughs> but just an amazing ride. And the the rest of the facility is great. There's a complete recreation of Quark's Bar, complete with Dabo girls, and a very nice restaurant and one of the best places to buy Star Trek uh, memorabilia, both low and high end stuff, stuff that's sold for thousands of dollars, and then stuff yeah, like we T-shirts. We really only have three or four weeks left. It's going to uh, all close down they, September first. It's been basically too long between movies or TV shows. Gotcha. So there, I think because uh, you know Star Trek fandom, it's it's out. It's but, over. I mean, they want to put in like a new uh, Paris Hilton ride. Yeah. There's Don't a new. Do you have the new film coming out? Right, and that does seem a little short-sighted to those of us. Well, we'll you know, believe. it's just like you know Disneyland closed the Country Bear Jamboree a year before they released the film. Yeah, but you know, but the thing is, you've got J.J. Abrams. I mean, he's going to be doing the new Star Trek mm-hmm. film, right? I mean, like maybe. And in, fact, and in fact, yeah. in my interview with Simon Pegg, he does uh, express faith in uh, mm. the popularity. You know what, though? I'll bet you, though. Cameo in the film, too, though, doesn't Simon he? Pegg? Yeah. yeah a cameo. He's Scotty. Oh, that's right. He's Scotty. Yes. I no. hope that's not a cameo. Bite no, your tongue, Anima. You're out. But does this. You're back. You're out. You're back. Does the experience. The rough life of a fanboy planet staffer. Does the experience, though, actually have anything to do with Paramount, or do you think it's like a separate entity that owns it, and they're just losing money and need to shut it I down? I can't imagine that Paramount doesn't own this I thing. think No, I actually, I think Paramount did get out of the amusements business. Really? Because Great America is not Paramount yeah. anymore. So they probably sold it to a private company, yeah. and then the company probably just said, ah. At the goes, very least. What is this Star Trek? Let's bring back Country Bear Jamboree. Oh, yeah, Country uh, Bear Jamboree at the Hilton. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. At the, but I, I would really like to find out what's going to happen to all fat, the memorabilia. All the costumes, <laughs> all the props that they have in this place. It's amazing. It'll go on tour. And then just the sets. I mean, they yeah. can just auction off bits of the sets. And that. Well, and now we know why Rick has been working overtime for the past five months. I'm buying me a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> really? You think Debbie's going to let you have that? I told her we'd expand onto the house. <laughs> <laughs> With Make a flight so. deck. <laughs> With a flight deck. Honey, we, we, we have room for a That plasma TV's going to look real good. <laughs> With real plasma. Okay, so... Well, all right. And on that note, sad, sad. Please note. say goodbye. I have two things. What? Yes, just real quick. So, number one, because Michelle's here, did you guys happen to hear about George Lucas getting grilled about not doing art films? I did. Uh, what? Devin, Devin uh, like girly stuff from Chud. Yeah. From Chud. No, uh, well, you know, Lucas did this whole thing with uh, concluding the Star Wars films and right. saying like, I want to get back to my roots and do some art films and all these other things. But then he's diving back into TV, yeah. taking a very prominent role in this stuff and Indiana Jones Five, which he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, anyways, yeah. uh, I guess uh, Devin from Chud, I think, uh, yes, went to Chud. the 
Clone Wars uh, screening and press junket. Yeah, at, uh, Skywalker Ranch. I don't know why we weren't invited. Uh. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah, oh, it, I forgot to tell you. They called. You <laughs> jerk. While we were in Comic-Con. Yeah, oh, okay, then, fine. I didn't have time. I so, yeah, basically, they, it, they he asked him point blank, like, so where's one of these art films that you were What did he say? And, uh, he kind of ducked it. You know, so that's he, between my wife and me. <laughs> he's, he's not married. He has no time. That's between is the no, misses. But, but when he says art film, is he talking American graffiti? or No, no, no. Uh, more along the lines of like THX 1138. Yeah, but wasn't that like his first college film? Yeah, exactly. Or? Yeah. Whatever. Straight I mean, he made these promises and then... You know, I don't think surprise, anybody's surprise. ever confused George Lucas with art films, have they? I mean... No. Isn't that kind of a stupid question to ask George no, Lucas? No, it's just he made a public statement that that's what he was going to do once he finished And arguably trilogy. I wouldn't even call THX 1138 an art film. An experimental film maybe. But yeah, yeah, maybe. He'll do stuff. I have faith in him. Yeah. He'll do stuff that we'll all like, including <laughs> Derek, for a change. You're talking to a huge Star Wars fan, Star Wars fan right here. So. so and it'll all be Star Wars related. Star Wars art films. No. Didn't he produce film. Howard the Duck? That was an art film. Shut it? up! Oh, that was a good film uh, when I was five. Okay, there we go. And what was your second thing, Mario? Uh, my yeah. second thing was uh, Waden's getting chased down by uh, knitters. Have you heard about this? No. Knitters? So uh, yeah, so Josh uh, Waden got chased down by knitters. Basically, what's going on is uh, he was interviewed they for the whole Doctor Horrible thing, oh, and yeah. uh, you know he he basically said, and somebody asked him like, so what are you doing this whole blogging thing with superheroes? What's going on? And he, it made this half-handed joke. I don't remember it exactly, but he was basically saying he was trying to appeal to every niche out there, like maybe even like a Knitter's Quarterly or something <laughs> like that. And now the knitting community is basically uh, hunting down Josh Whedon because they want him to be a pinup in their uh, in their <laughs> Knitter's Quarterly magazine. Oh, okay, that kind of hunting down. They're not. Oh. They're actually acti- oh, no, actively trying to adore They're like mad or something. They are like him. madly in love with him. Okay. He walks into a room to like, and the lights go out. You hear his little... Right, right. right. You wanted to appeal to every niche. It's kind of like this crazy misery thing going on. I'm your biggest. I'm stuck. I'm knitted into my. I've been exactly. So he's the new, the new heartthrob of the knitting. The knitting. Well, I just hope that he's as opposed to the previous one who was Norman Rockwell. Oh, okay. Uh, so, wow. Then on that note, thanks for that weird piece of Hollywood gossip. That's what my job is. Really? Okay. Bring, no. Well, you know. <laughs> I bring the oddities to the group. They were sure. fine oddities. Thank you. They were. And we send I was our, enriched. We send our best wishes to Morgan Freeman. Yes. Get well soon, buddy. And uh, Shia LaBeouf, who Don't go towards broke, the light. broke his hand. Were they his, in the same car? They were. That's crazy. Shia LaBeouf uh, broke his hand in that accident last week. Crushed. So crushed his hand. Crushed his hand. Maybe he could ask one of the Transformers to fix him a He's robot. Hand. like Harold Lloyd. Bad. All right. What? And the sad thing too is soon? that was his sidekick, too. So Yeah. So there we, yeah, okay. Oh, Done. Done. Okay. <laughs> I'm Derek McCaw. If you are offended by anything that we wrote here, it's Lon's fault. But anyway, right into we're working. editor. It's like a dandruff shampoo. Editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. Okay. Say, say goodnight, Michal. Good night, though. Great. Michal. Oh, <laughs> I'm Mario Anima. Lon Lopez. Rick Brett Snyder. Hey. And there we go. And remember, use your powers only for good.
And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Well, can I get the Mad Comic Con? That was pretty funny. That was a good read. It's just doggone clever. Thank you. I also like the Sergio Oregano. Oregano is Patagones. Uh, whatever. Um, Lopez. He's Italian. No, he's uh, not. You're Italian. I'm Italian. That's right. Okay, let's hear your voice. Hello. There we go. Me, 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 me. You can stop now. Oddly enough, that's not the best sound for setting. Huh? <laughs> Oddly enough, that's not the best sound for setting your. Uh, I know. Unless you want to sound like a vacuum cleaner. No. Okay. Then I'd be. Oh, and just so much more interesting is when we have facts. We don't like to have facts, right? Well, I didn't know I was going to review it until I mentioned it to you. Uh, I know. Well, you know, you're the smart one. Just so you know, Michelle, we keep it family friendly. So smart people know what they don't. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. (laughs) Yeah, he said this one. Michelle actually does listen to the podcast. He's the one of us that does. I'm just saying. (laughs) I listen to the podcast. And I'm like, is everything potty humor? This is just uncomfortable. No wonder no one knew. Did these all get published? Uh, these were all broadcast. broadcast. This is after. Well, I'm packing up my swag and I'ma head outside Where real women call me dwarf and gag and go hide Take a ride at Toys R Us, bust on in Buy a Mace Windu and a Qui-Gon Jinn Yeah, I'm a kid at heart just like Anakin A loony bin I am in with Ken Harley Quinn Get a pin with a model saying Xena for press Then spend my pay on dispensers with pets Go hang out at the cons, renaissance vests Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts you might be a Trekkie, eh. sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary, and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive, I will always survive. Fanboy, baby. Feel so alive watching Babylon out there <laughs> scully you can't handle the truth i got this funny little gadget when i open my fridge it goes like curbs on the bridge bill gates was cool but now he just sucks play doom and quake on microsoft get a map to the tomb find lara croft and if the pixel's right then i'm a raider lie and let sony play 2k know why they call me a fanboy baby spend my time on Jedi master and you are merely just a party to one, you dumb, just like Jar Jar Binks and Jawa said, Houdini's a ghost, so come on, geek, 
Almost to the end, and we're actually to one of my favorite booths so far in the show, because this is the booth for the great Luke Ski. Well, hi, Luke. How you doing? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you, you're probably not used to having a microphone shoved in front of your face. So. Uh, Fanboy Planet podcast. Cool, cool. Hello, everybody out there. So, how's the convention going for you? Going, it's going pretty good. I uh, did a couple fun shows. Friday night, I had a few friends of mine from the Doctor Nemeno show come out. We did a whole two-hour. Friday Night Live Comedy Music Showcase. That was pretty good. Uh, and then yesterday was the Masquerade, where I did some entertaining there as well. So having a good time, just hanging out here and, and you know meeting and greeting with everybody, showing off my new DVD. <laughs> looking forward to watch. I bought this stuff yesterday, and uh, looking forward to getting uh, getting the DVD into the player. Cool, cool. So, and just FYI, because uh, I know there's issues about pod safe music you are welcome to play any of my stuff on your show so. oh excellent so we yeah. got we have we have permission to yes edit. you do <laughs> terrific thank you very much yeah there's a few other podcasts that play my stuff as well so i just i wanted to make sure you knew about that so we'll, we'll i'll we'll make use of it excellent, excellent. so um and the website is oh my website is lukeski.com that's l-u-k-e-s-k-i.com very good thanks very much sure, thanks no for this thanks a lot he's a great guy very talented, very very creative songs. <laughs> 